All right, we're off and running on the Krug Show, 1045, or well, 1055, a couple minutes behind. Hope everybody's having a great Friday, February the 23rd. Stay seniors in the house. We're going to talk some Niners. We're brought to you by Pig and a Pickle, the best barbecue in all of Northern California. Check them out in Emeryville and Corte Madera. We're also brought to you by Marin Auto Glass, Underdog Fantasy, Sharp Corners, Sports Cards and Collectibles, and ValleyHillRoofing.net. Chase, good to see you, man. How are you? Doing well. And coming off that Super Bowl trip, I was able to meet you for the first time. That was awesome. Our coverage all throughout the week was terrific. But I'm still not over how that game transpired against Kansas City. And especially as time goes on, you think about how San Francisco lost that game. And it just makes you sick coming away from that, in my opinion, thinking that the Niners were the better team. But then... As each day goes on, you think about all of the little mistakes that added up into being massive mistakes for San Francisco, which cost them from winning the Super Bowl. And obviously that leads to a lot of great conversations that we're going to be able to have all throughout this offseason, because I still think that the Niners are firmly entrenched in being Super Bowl contenders in 2024. But the what if component is really just gutting for this Niners team and for the fan base, of course. And obviously it leads to a lot of storylines that we can discuss on a show like this. You know, Thursday night before we were just talking about that media session Thursday night before the Super Bowl. And I got a chance to basically, you know, have a little face to face for about five minutes with Dre Greenlaw, who was off to the side. And I asked him, Dre, how you feeling? And I thought, you know, after a week off, you'd say, Hey, you know what? The rest has done me good. And I can't wait. And, and he get he like was non-committal, and it was like it was almost like he knew that Achilles was dangling by a thread and could go at any moment. And sure enough, it went in the game. So that was a absolute devastating play because not only was he is he good. I mean, he he was playing at a crazy rate to the point where you saw Mahomes in the mi- live mic run off field go, guys, we need to dial up the intensity, we need to ratchet it up, and it was a lot because of Dre. So they lost Dre. They get the fumble off Looter's foot. Um, I mean, those two things right there. If those two things don't happen, the 49ers probably beat the Chiefs. And and they we're talking about the sixth Lombardi, and it's a dramatically different feeling. And and instead, those things did happen. And then now we're talking about other things like should Shanahan have taken the ball, you know, first or second in overtime and and the offensive line. The, the, to me, the, the media that I digested since the Super Bowl that was the most eye-opening was Baldy's one-hour sit-down with Spagnolo with Gargano. Did you, did you happen to check out that hour? It was a long deal, but it was an hour with Spagnolo. And Spagnolo said a lot of great things there. He said that, you know, that Brock Purdy was picking apart our zones, and, and then he credited the two guys that I feel like deserve the most credit, McDuffie and Sneed for shutting down Ayuk and, and Debo. Um, But then, you know, I I thought that was one of the most interesting kind of dialogues there. Um, And I, I think he's totally right. I mean, if I, instead of blaming one side, I I would choose to credit the other and I would throw my credit to Veach um, and maybe John Dorsey before him for finding guys like Snead and McDuffie two true number one type corners, one in the slot, one on the outside. I thought it made all the difference in the world. And then Spag sat down with Peter Schrager for a podcast yesterday, and he said, I reached out to Brock Purdy. I had to track down his phone number. I wanted to let him know how impressed I was by him. 
And he also talked about when he took that timeout prior to that third down play late in the game when Purdy had Trent McDuffie on that blitz that was unblocked right in his face. He tried to go to Jawan Jennings when he had Ayuk open, and he could have had Christian McCaffrey open after McCaffrey ran a dirty route. How he called a timeout and wasn't able to talk to Nick Bolton, who's another one of those main figures on that Chiefs defense. And he called in the play, and he said, do you like this play? And Bolton's like, yes, I love this play. And that was the corner blitz from McDuffie there, which was a huge part of the game. And you talk about some of the self-inflicted wounds, like just off the top of the head, what happens if the Niners score a touchdown or even a field goal in the opening drive when Christian McCaffrey, who had one of the most special seasons that any non-quarterback will ever have in the history of the NFL, doesn't fumble at the 27? That's three or seven points right there. And then the penalties after that. You don't capitalize off the Isaiah Pacheco fumble. You intercept Patrick Mahomes in Chiefs territory. You can't get even three points there. Ball bounces off Darrell Luter and his foot. And... What if Ray McLeod just pounces on the football? That woke the Chiefs offense up up until that point. They didn't do anything. And then you make a great point about Dre Greenlaw. Travis Kelsey in the first half, one catch, one yard. If I would have told you that the Chiefs did nothing in the first half, and Travis Kelsey was bottled up, and you saw the speed and the physicality that the Niners defense was playing with, forcing a couple of three and outs, with Trey Greenlaw just wreaking havoc from sideline to sideline, bringing that level of physicality, tenacity, and speed, you would have taken that. And then Greenlaw goes out. Oren Burks was targeted nine times the rest of the game, gave up nine catches. And these are all the what ifs that I'm talking about. So many missed opportunities. And that's why I think San Francisco was the better team, but they got out coached in a couple of really, really critical moments and they shot themselves in the foot a little bit more than Kansas City did. And I knew that this game was going to be close. I thought the Niners were going to win by three. But when a game is going to be decided on the margins and on the peripheries between two really, really good teams, you can't afford to make mistakes like that. And the Niners did. Yeah, no question. And I kind of felt like the 49ers on that third and four should have gone, should have ran the ball and try to do what the Eagles would do on third downs a lot in the, over the last couple of years, kind of set up a, a fourth and one with what you do on third and, and medium. Uh, instead, they passed. It was incomplete. They, you know, kicked the field goal and it just, it just felt like doom was looming, you know? Uh, and sure enough, Mahomes drove down the length of the field and and won the game. Um, I titled That's another this, thing too. What if they block Chris Jones? What if they block Chris Jones? It's a different game. They may have won. What did you think of that? Because we got into it last night on a heated thing. I was saying that you know it wasn't John Feliciano's greatest moment to blame Spencer Burford, but he was trying to pull blame off of Colton McKivitz. Um, who was getting raked in social media on the night of the game. And he just came out and said, hey, look, he didn't say anything about Burford. He just said, hey, that wasn't on Colton McKivitz. And then, of course, Burford jumps in with, thanks, John. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I to me, the truth is the truth. And if you speak the truth, you're you're on the right side of the thing. If you If you run from the truth or try to divert the truth, then you're on the wrong side. I would have loved to have seen Burford say, hey, thanks, John, but you're right. It was my fault. But that, you know, I mean, I would have loved to have seen a little accountability. 
and the and then the question is, why would you ever combo block on Brendel's guy and leave the most dangerous defensive lineman in the last decade on a free runner at your quarterback on the biggest play of the game? Makes no sense. And Kyle Shanahan's blocking schemes in the pass game continue to be a little bit problematic. I know JT O'Sullivan has pointed out numerous times, whether it be the deep drop out from under center or just the overall blocking scheme up front on a play like that, it just didn't make any sense. And going back to the whole Colton McKivitz getting the blame, I had no problem with what John Feliciano said because everybody's ripping Colton McKivitz who was at the center of a lot of controversy all year getting picked apart rightfully so because he was bad all year and he's not a Super Bowl caliber right tackle he's just not he's a backup in this league but he's not the person to blame on that play Burford is and ironically enough when I tweeted out that baldy clip I said this simply cannot happen Burford who I've spoken with a couple of times since he was drafted last year at a UTSA even said and admitted and I like this I slid to the left I should have slid to the right that's my bad and for Feliciano, to be honest, he pointed out what is correct. And there's nothing wrong with actually passing along information that is factually true. But the overall blocking scheme is just not good. You can't let Chris Jones come unblocked right through the interior or combo block on Brendel's guy. And if Purdy just has some time there, because Chris Jones was right in his face, right from the jump, Jawan Jennings in the flat to the right side. And as we know, Brandon Ayuk ran a filthy route on Snead. He dropped oh. him to the ground. He yeah. was wide open. So if Purdy has any time to survey the field a little bit, that's a touchdown right there. Who's to say Mahomes isn't still going to drive down the field and score a touchdown, maybe go for two because he completely could have. And the Niners defense at that point was gassed and Shanahan had issues with how they were lining up. It's partially why Steve Wilkes probably was fired. But again, it's the what ifs here. And if you go down in a game where you played your best and you still lost to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, that's one thing. It's another thing, though, to blow it yourself. You know, you cover the Niners and the Eagles, so I think you're the perfect person to ask this next question to. The 49ers have the best offense in the NFL, despite the fact that they ranked 20th in pass block win rate yeah. at 55.6%, 23rd in run block win rate at 70%. Um, and they're doing this with Trent Williams, maybe one of the greatest left tackles in the history of football, um, sitting there at left tackle in the key spot. So there's no question. We've already kind of hit it here. The pressure on Purdy definitely caused some problems in the Super Bowl. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's Williams at left tackle. It's Banks at left guard. And then it's question mark, question mark, question mark across the board. You've watched the Niners and the Eagles. The Eagles argue, arguably have had the best line in, in offensive line. I really believe that football starts with your offensive line. And yet the 49ers have been able to have the best offense with the best weapons, one of the best play callers, really good play from Purdy, um, but they can't climb the top of the mountain because they have ignored their offensive line. Is What do you do here? I mean, Colton McKivitz ranked 50th among qualified tackles and pass block win rate. Jake Brendel was 25th among centers. Um, you know, I mean, they, they badly, badly need an infusion of talent along that offensive line. How do they solve this without making trades? Because 
I'm looking at, you know, I looked at the free agent market chase and there's some good guards, but there's not really maybe Trent Brown. I mean, there's outside of Trent Brown. I don't see a tackle that they could sign that would really make a difference. I think you got to solve that in the draft. And then when you get into the draft, you realize you probably got to be in the top 15 to 20 picks. Yep. They're at 31. How, do, how are they going to, how are they going to do this? Well, you bring up the Philadelphia Eagles when they made it to the Super Bowl in 2022, all five of their offensive linemen were either a pro bowler an all pro or a pro bowl alternate. Can you imagine what the 49ers would have been able to do really since 2021 when these offensive line issues started to come to the forefront if they fortified offensive line? And what doesn't make a lot of sense to me, this is an organization that's very smart, very well run. You don't make it to four NFC Championship games in five years and two Super Bowls during that time frame if you're not a well-run organization. And they do a great job of drafting a lot of players, signing other players in free agency, and then this coaching staff and this scouting department, they've done a good job of pinpointing players but also grooming them and developing them. The Niners, over the last couple of years, have had some of the most stacked rosters in the National Football League. But in 2021, how did they lose the NFC Championship game partially? You can talk about the Jaquaski tart dropped interception, certainly. Trent Williams was hurt that game. What was the play that ended the game? Aaron Donald getting pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. He yep. tries to throw to Jamichael Hasty, goes off his hands, intercepted, game over. Niners blew a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. Last year, NFC Championship game against Philadelphia. I know that they had Tyler Croft on the perimeter lined up against Hassan Reddick. That was obviously a play that changed the entire game. I would have loved to have seen what the Niners were able to do full strength with Brock Purdy playing quarterback for four quarters instead of Josh Johnson coming in and then Christian McCaffrey having to throw passes in an NFC title game. But all throughout the NFC championship game, the Niners got their asses kicked up front. And then you look back to what happened against Dallas. That game was really close because the Cowboys defensive line manhandled the Niners up front against their offensive line, even against Seattle in the wild card round. That game was close in the first half because Seattle's defensive line was able to play really well. We've been talking about offensive line being a porous unit for this team and the biggest weakness for three years now. And not only do they ignore it, not only do they not invest in it in the draft or free agency, Last year, they don't take, Larry, a single offensive lineman in the entire draft. They took a kicker and two tight ends in the draft. Campbell, too, isn't even an NFL player. They oh. took him in the third round. When Couldn't there were catch still, a cold. Yeah, there were still really good offensive linemen on the board. And now, with this great roster that you've had over the last three years, you've made it to three straight NFC Championship games, one Super Bowl, and the consistent theme is that the offensive line has let this team down, and now you have a roster that's starting to get a little bit more expensive. You have a roster where the prime players are starting to get a little bit older, and now the pressure is on you, where I think going into 2024, this could be the last dance for a lot of the core players on this team, when you talk about the bona fide dogs on this squad. Now, could the Niners make some major moves in free agency now? I do want to hit on that because yeah. NFL just announcing 
the salary cap was expected to be in the neighborhood of $243 million. It is going all the way up to $255 million. Mike Florio had a report the other day that maybe it was going to blossom to 250. 255 is a huge deal. So now well, the Niners it, have a lot more cap space. Yeah. And they have more financial capital at their disposal to spend on their own players like a Brandon Ayuk. Maybe you don't have to cut or restructure some of the other contracts like a Kyle Juszczyk, a Dre Greenlaw. I know our cut candidates videos, Larry, cause some oh. controversy among the fan base. But can right. you pick up a Robert Hunt, right guard for the Dolphins in free agency, who is like a top 20 player in this free agency class? Can you address right tackle with Trent Brown, whose pro football focus grades last year for the New England Patriots were really, really good, a former Niner who is still playing at a really high level? Trent Brown, 579 snaps at left tackle, two penalties, three sacks, six hits allowed, 17 pressures, Pro football focus grade of 80.2, run blocking grade of 80.7, and a pass blocking grade of 72.8. Now you have some financial wiggle room here where if you don't address offensive line in free agency or the draft, I just don't know what you're doing. And it's puzzling because this is a Niners team that loves to build in the trenches on the defensive side of the ball, yet you're ignoring the entire right side of the offensive line. And lastly... I didn't love the extension for Jake Brendel last year. He was a Pro Bowl alternate. Cool. He was an NFL journeyman for a reason. And when you were giving him $5 million per year, I thought there were better centers out there who you could have gotten for $5 million per, and that's why he's a cut candidate also. Yeah, no question about it. And you saw the way he got pushed around in the Bengal game by DJ Reader. I mean, that was like, I felt like I was watching, you know, a, uh, you know, a first-round draft choice playing against FCS competition. I mean, he yeah. just... He just got dominated. And let's talk about that because I, I, you know, titled the stream, Who Goes, Who Stays in 49er Free Agency. And this was last night when I was putting this uh, thumbnail together, uh, or I should say Kev was. Um, <laughs> good to meet but, Kev uh, in Las Vegas, by the way. We talked for like 15, 20 minutes. It was good to catch up with him. Yeah, Kev said it was great to meet you. Um, but, you know, when we were talking about today's stream, we were talking about, well, what are we going to talk about? And we were thinking the D.C. was going to be named this morning, and maybe it will be later today. There's a lot of talk about that. We'll talk about that in a second. But as you said, the NFL announced, this is the big story this morning, the salary cap jumps to $255.4 million. If you looked at the history of the cap over the last decade, it generally goes up 8 to $12 million a year. This is a significant jump. We're talking about a $30 million unprecedented increase per club. And it's it's really due to kind of a, a, a correction off of the COVID pandemic and yeah. some of the financial tentacles that touched that. So, I mean, just to give a breakdown, it you know, it went from 143 in 2015 to 155 in 2016 to 167 in 2017 to 177 or 177 in 2018, 188 in 2019. So you see where and then last year it was 224.8. This year it's 255.4. And that doesn't so the 49ers right now are who were over the cap by like four million are now under the cap by eight hundred and thirty-four thousand. And that's before the carryover. And I think they're going to carry over over $20 million off their 2023 cap. Um, so they're going to have some room to operate. Who do you like in free agency 
Um, I, I made a list the other day for a video that I did of guys that I really like. You already mentioned Trent Brown. Is there who is there anybody else in free agency uh, chase that you're like, hmm, that would be a great Niner? Because one of the names that's being bandied about here quite often is Aziz Al-Shair. Yeah. And I think that makes a lot of sense if Al-Shair is willing to come back just simply because he knows the defense, he knows the culture, he was on the sideline for Niners-Packers. Um, and I, I, to me, he, that would be a, a great addition, especially because the the there wouldn't be any bad vibes um, as Greenlaw's trying to work his way back. You know, I don't know how that's going to go down. But what do you think? Is there a free agent out there that you say, you know what, outside of Trent Brown, that would be a great fit? Yeah, I like Robert Hunt at right guard and familiarity with Mike McDaniel's system. So that allows him to translate the Kyle Shanahan system pretty seamlessly. Very good in the run game, solid in pass protection. You sign him at right guard. You sign Trent Brown at right tackle. You make over your offensive line just like that. And what that allows you to do, I don't think that those players are going to get stupid money. But you can then draft some offensive linemen and start to groom them a little bit. And there's some really good prospects in this class that I talked about, which a video is going to come out on that, coming up on the 49ers report. This is a great year for the Niners to need offensive linemen because this draft class is so deep, both with offensive linemen on the interior as well as tackles. And you're not going to be rushed into maybe having to play them right from the jump. Now, if you want to address free agency elsewhere outside of offensive line, then maybe you draft some of these players that are a little bit more affordable, and then you start to groom them. But if you don't want to play them right away and you do address it in free agency, maybe you get your future Trent Williams replacement coming down the pipeline a little bit. Maybe you get somebody who plays guard right now, but then can play and slide out to right tackle at some point in the future. So, the wheels are turning a little bit, I imagine, for the Niners now with them being under the cap, as you mentioned, with the salary cap increasing by 13.5%, with them just having some more financial wiggle room. So Robert Hunt, I like Trent Brown at right tackle. Aziz Alshire, I think, would be a great addition. This is a Niners organization that really values linebacker. The backbone of their defense, you can make the argument, is kind of based on the linebacker position. And this has been the case for a really, really long time. Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. Aziz Alshire, a couple of years ago, when Dre Greenlaw was hurt, he had more than 100 tackles. And this year for Tennessee, Rand Carthon knew that this guy was a dog, that he was a good player. And that's why he brought him in. His first opportunity to be a full-time starter, fifth in the NFL in tackles, fifth in TFLs, really good at rushing the quarterback, really good at shooting the gaps in the run game. And now I like D winners. I like Jalen Graham. I think what Johnny Holland linebackers coach has been able to do with all of the linebackers on this team who have been here for a while, or the new guys who really flashed in the preseason for me as late round picks, I think they can be good players, but are they ready to step in for Drake Greenlaw, who I just can't imagine is going to be able to return this year. And if he does, it's at the end of the year. So Aziz Alshire knows the system. He was with the linebacking room before I think the Packers playoff game, dancing with them on the field. He used to room with Trey Greenlaw. He's a young, still an ascending player who I think would be a great scheme fit. You plug him in next to Fred Warner, you're not missing a beat at linebacker. And now that you have more dollars, do you go after a player 
like Brian Burns, if he doesn't get franchise tagged by the Carolina Panthers, he would be a great edge rusher opposite of Nick Bosa, who has consistent production unlike Chase Young, consistent effort unlike Chase Young, and probably is going to be a little bit more expensive, but is a better player. Do you go after a guy like Bryce Huff of the New York Jets, who pass rush win rate was really, really good this past year, and... You connect the dots, Robert, solid defensive system. He knows this scheme that the Niners are trying to pivot back toward regardless of who the defensive coordinator is because they're going to try to get back to their roots. So I look at those players. Cam Curl is an affordable safety, but I really like the future safety tandem of Talanoa Hufanga and Jair Brown. But if you don't want to extend a Talanoa Hufanga, do you go to the cheaper route with a guy like Cam Curl for Washington, who's still 25 years old, cerebral player, very, very physical. So the salary cap increasing opens up a lot of opportunities, and the Niners are under the cap right now. They can free up about $50 million if they restructure Trent Williams' contract, do the same for Debo and Eric Armstead, if they extend Fred Warner, and that's without maybe lowering the $14.1 million in guaranteed money for Brandon Ayuk if they give him an extension. And, of course, as part of this, before I throw it back to you, we got to talk about Ayuk being more realistic now because now that the cap goes up and is going to continue to increase because business is going to continue to be booming across the National Football League, does that increase the likelihood that Ayuk can start to make more money than Debo Samuel, which he deserves, and he can get the contract that he certainly earned? Uh, those are so so many good names there. I'm going to throw a few more your way. I love Kenny Moore, okay. the Indianapolis um, slot corner. Um, to me, I mean, they've got Mooney and they've got Lenore, and, man, they could use one more corner. I love Kenny Moore. Aziz, we already mentioned. I could see Noah Fant if they wanted to move off of Juice. Okay. Maybe Noah Fant as a fullback backup tight end. Sort of, I you know, to me, I think he could he could fit nice. A couple guys that I'm waiting to see if they get franchised: Jonathan Greenard from Houston, Kyle Duggar from uh, New England. Um, I'm a big fan of Sadiq Charles, um, who's the former LSU player in Washington. I think he might be an underrated offensive guard. Damian Lewis from Seattle, and one guy that to me is would be a phenomenal add is Willie Gay. Now, Willie Gay is just, I thought, really did a nice job defending Purdy in the Super Bowl. He's just so damn fast on that second yeah. level that he's got impact speed. But I love the ones you threw out. I think Bryce Huff might be the most underrated outside rusher in the game today. Um, and, you know, Trent Trent Brown, Robert Hunt, Brian Burns. Brian Burns, you know, the one thing that when I looked into the deep, I did a deep dive on the draft, is I like some, there's a few edge rushers I like on day two and day three. I don't love a lot of the edge pieces outside of the top 10. Me either. Um, once you get beyond Liatu from UCLA and Dallas Turner from Alabama, it really falls off. I, I don't see the Niners even having an option at defensive end with that first, uh, you know, that late first round pick. Um, but let's talk about Duggar for a second. I agree with you that it's, you know, Fafanga and Brown down the road. In fact, I don't think I would. The Niners have 20 free agents, Chase. I think I would let 15 of them go. Um, and one of the 15 I would let go would be Tayshawn Gibson, who I just thought was a step slow against uh, Kelsey um, in the Super Bowl in that second half. And I just think you could do better than Tayshawn Gibson. 
But that leads us to the D and I didn't even mentioned Joey Bosa. What do you think of Joey Bosa? A lot of people are asking about Joey Bosa. Um, do you think Joey Bosa would take less money to come here if he gets cut? I agree with you on Gibson. He's been a great story. Like when the Niners signed him going into 2022, signed him to the practice squad because of Jimmy Ward being injured. And then they signed him to the active roster because Ward was going to miss some time. Then Gibson played so well that they had to move Jimmy Ward to the slot because Gibson was really thriving alongside Talano Hufanga, who Gibson kind of credited with bringing this youthful nature back to him and revitalizing, revitalizing his career to a certain degree. I thought that Gibson was good for much of the year. And then the playoffs started to fall off a little bit. He got penalized a lot against Green Bay early. And you're so right. Travis Kelsey was just in a different world as compared to Gibson. Look, father time is undefeated. He's just a little bit older. And he was a very serviceable and very quality safety for this team. I love Kyle Duggar because he's kind of that safety linebacker hybrid. I know you've been on the Bill Belichick movement to hire him as the next defensive coordinator. I would make my first call. I would have made my first call to Bill Belichick to be the next Niners DC because I'm trying to go all in to win a Super Bowl knowing that this window is closing. But Bill Belichick, everybody's like, he's washed, he's cooked, he's old. That defense was a top 10 unit last year. And if he loves Kyle Duggar, I love Kyle Duggar because – Bill Belichick knows DBs, and Duggar can play deep safety. He can mix it up around the line. He can play in the slot, little hybrid linebacker. I think that he'd be a really solid player. Joey Bosa is a fascinating conversation because when he's been on the field, he's been really productive. But over the last two years, he played five games in 2022 with four starts, and then this year he played nine games with five starts. So that's a total of 14 games the last two years. And what really worries me, very good production throughout his career. Rookie year, 10 and a half sacks, year two, 12 and a half. And then the injuries start to pile up. Seven games in year three, 16 in year four, 12 after that, 16, and then five and nine the last two years. For a big guy who relies on his strength, power, mobility, athleticism, quick twitch, him and Nick are just pass rush technicians, a lot of foot injuries. And big guys who have foot injuries, I don't care what sport, basketball, football, dirt is problematic. So the Chargers would save $14 million in cutting him. And they could cut him. They could cut Keenan Allen, Mike Williams to free up a bunch of capital for Jim Harbaugh in his first year. I think those are smart moves for L.A. You have quarterback. You have some other really good players on that team. You can survive without them. You cut Khalil Mack. That saves you a lot of money as well. If there's a Chargers edge who I'm going to go after, it's a Khalil Mack. I don't think it's a Joey Bosa. The conversation is fun. Nick, Joey, reuniting his brother's. Um, but he's just been injured way too much. And I know Nick had said we'd take over the NFL. Yeah, you might if he's healthy for but a month. He's just not healthy enough. Yeah. Samuel here says, uh, Larry Chase, should we try to sign Sneed? The Niners goal the last couple of years is sign one great free agent. Legarius yeah. Sneed would be a dramatic signing. It would take him away from Kansas City. It would be in that same Mooney Ward, um, Javon Hargrave kind of mindset, not just, you know, a great player, but a great player that you're taking away from, you know, like Hargrave came from the Eagles. What do you think? Would Could you see the Niners making a big play for Snead? 
Yeah, I think that he'd be a really good corner opposite of Charvarius Ward. And Ward is an interesting conversation. Final year of his deal, he's been a great value play for $14 million per on the average annual value. That was a classic Niners signing where they signed him from Kansas City. They paid him decent coin, projecting that he would be a cornerback one. He's been a cornerback one for this team, yet they haven't paid him cornerback one money. $14 million per for a lockdown corner on the outside is great value. Second team all pro this year. He was tied for fourth in interceptions. He had the most pass breakups in the NFL, but he's in his later 20s, going into the final year of his deal, eligible for a contract extension. He might want a new payday as well, and that could be a move where San Francisco is like, we'll have you for the last year of the deal. We'll pair you up with Legereus Need this year for 2024, but then we'll let you walk after that. We'll re-sign Diamador Lenore. Then we have Legereus Need. And those will be our top two corners. And Demo will probably be a little bit more affordable moving forward, potentially, as compared to Ward. So that might be a one-year play to have Ward and Sneed, and then a multi-year play for Sneed and Demo as part of your secondary. Um, I would like Sneed. I thought he did a really good job against Ivy, as well as Demo. Oh, Chase, your mic. So, something happened to your mic. It like popped, and then all of a sudden, I think you switched audio from from maybe your lav to your computer. I'm not sure what happened. I can't. Can you talk? We're not hearing you. Wait, talk for a second. Sorry about that. We'll get that audio switched back. Um, Chase is such a great guest. He's got such incredible information, and um, he'll he'll rejoin in a second. Let me hit a couple of these starred chats up front. That we hadn't got to. James Foster, good call. Up, uh, Chase, you're back. Hold on. James Foster says, good call, Chase. The deep drop from under center always sketchy. Results in many interceptions dating back to Jimmy G. Hate that play call. Still love Kyle. Um, we have this one from Samuel. How come the M the NBR uh, one offense didn't show up? I'm not sure what he meant by that. Brandon Green, Larry, what would Trent Baalke say about the 49er offseason? You know, I think they need some guys with a couple torn ACLs. That would really help things. Uh, Scott Lacoste, thanks Taylor Swift for all the extra cap space. All the extra revenue led to this cap increase. Love the show. Pig in a pickle. Um, Chase, any better on the audio? Uh, not yet. We're we may be cooked on the audio. Are we oh, good? Wait, wait. Oh, we're good. We're good. All right. Technical All right, difficulties. We work on it on the fly. Here we go. <laughs> uh, what well, was I, what were we talking about there? Uh, God, I, I started reading these super chats and I've got, I've gotten distracted. I, I forget what our point was, Thank but we were, we were talking about everybody. Sneed. We were talking about Sneed. Yes. Yes. Um, so I liked what he did against Debo and Ayuk. Um, you know, his ability to kind of press at the line was impressive against those two. And I completely disagree with Bucky Brooks in saying that Ayuk is a bad route runner. Ayuk's a great route runner. His footwork and route running and him being a technician in that area is phenomenal. I do agree with Bucky Brooks and what he said about Debo because Debo is not a natural route runner. And yeah. CJ Gardner Johnson was kind of right about that and saying you can't run routes because Debo's a great playmaker. One of one. You don't see a lot of weapons like that across the NFL. But he did struggle 
in that press man. And Snead even gave Tyree Kill a lot of trouble against the Miami Dolphins in the wild card round. And he was jamming him at the line and kind of faked him out, uh, causing Tyree Kill to false start. Just a smart player. And he's very similar to Ward, not just because of the Chiefs connection. A player who started off as a nickel corner and Ward was undrafted. The Chiefs actually traded for him with the Dallas Cowboys. But what I mean by this, both under-the-radar players who ended up developing really well, probably outpriced themselves with Kansas City, but then went somewhere else with the stock up, them rounding into form, and ended up being really good players. Ward became that. I think Snead is becoming that right now. He was a borderline all-pro this past year, and I think that that would be a good play for San Francisco. Um, okay, Ayuk, what do you think? Is, is this cap uh, increase you know, do you, does it change uh, their thinking? I mean, and, and I'm hearing teams like the Raiders and the Giants are going to come correct with some serious offers for Ayuk. I mean, this is a weird deal because like Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, they're, they were all really good receivers and they all asked to get traded and they all got their wish and got traded. Um, is is Ayuk, I, some of the dialogue around Ayuk's really interesting. Um and then, you know, some a guy called me last night, a buddy of mine who always is, you know, has wild ideas, but he's a big Niner fan. And he's like, Minnesota can't get it together with Justin Jefferson. Why don't the Niners trade Ayuk to Minnesota in a deal for Jefferson? And I was like, wow, that would be incredible to have Justin Jefferson. But, um, you know, Jefferson's trying to reset the market over yep. Tyreek Hill's money. The market's not set. Uh, Ayuk's going to get paid a ton. Um, he only had three catches in each of the three playoff games. Where are you with Ayuk? Would you pay him? Would you trade him? It, what do you want in return if you do trade him? I would pay him, and I think he's everything that the Niners want in a wide receiver. And you think about the whole process of his career up to this point, right? He was a Juco guy before he went to Arizona State. Yeah. So the Niners really had to do their due diligence in scouting him and looking into him. And they had him higher on their draft board than a lot of other people in the 2020 draft. So they used the 25th overall pick on a former Juco product when at the time that pick was getting ripped by a lot of people. Do we remember how pumped up Kyle Shanahan was when the Niners oh. drafted Ayuk? He was elated from yeah. a guy that doesn't show a lot of emotion, right? So he's pumped up. And the Niners have invested a lot of time and effort into developing him. And I thought it was really impressive how he gets drafted 25th overall, COVID offseason, and there's no preseason games. There's limited training camp practices. Yet IU comes out in 12 games, and I know that that was the injury plague season for San Francisco coming off of Super Bowl 54, but he led the Niners in receiving as a rookie. And then in year two, after some growing pains, partially because of him, partially because Shanahan is a little bit stubborn, as we know, former wide receiver, coach's son, who always tries to nitpick a little bit. That's part of the reason why he's an elite coach in this league. Remember when I was in the doghouse to start 2021? And then he comes out of the doghouse because he's not putting forward a lot of effort in blocking in the run game. He starts to do that. He ends 2021 on a tear. And then last year for the first time, surpasses 1,000 receiving yards. This year, he ends up being a second-team All-Pro, and he was a top-10 wide receiver in the NFL. 
So the Niners draft him, hoping that at some point he's going to be a wide receiver one when they already had Debo Samuel coming off that rookie year in which he was an impact player as a rookie for a Super Bowl team. And Ayuk has ended up being a wide receiver one. So you draft him 25th, you invest all this time in him. Now he wants to get paid and you're just not going to pay him. I think the Niners are going to do everything in their power to pay him for the reasons that I mentioned. But look at the Niners' previous history. George Kittle, contract extension. Fred Warner, contract extension. Debo Samuel, contract extension. They did the same with Nick Bosa last year. So that's consecutive years in which the Niners have prioritized paying their homegrown players. And Ayuk really embodies what Shanahan is all about and what this Niners team is all about. Player development, growth, highly skilled, but also tough, rugged, physical, embracing blocking in the run game. He was the number one, and this is no surprise, blocking wide receiver in the NFL. Ended up being probably a better deep threat than the Niners ever envisioned. And you have a young quarterback here in Brock Purdy who finally under Kyle Shanahan, we see what this offense can look like with the vertical threat. Ayuk has been that, and he's a great weapon for Purdy. So the only reason that I think Ayuk leaves is if he wants wide receiver one money that the Niners aren't willing to pay him or and or he wants out because he wants wide receiver one targets, knowing that the Niners can't give him wide receiver one targets in an offense that is loaded with a bunch of skill players. But then I think back to locker room cleanout day. Did you see how emotional Brandon Ayuk was? He could not believe that the Niners lost that game, but you could see how much he loved this team and his teammates. He was crying. So does Ayuk want to go to the Las Vegas Raiders where he has a connection with Antonio Pierce going back to Arizona State when Herm Edwards was there and Pierce was an assistant? Who's the quarterback going to be for the Raiders? So if you want wide receiver one targets and to be paid like the top wide receiver, how has that worked out for Devontae Adams? He's been frustrated ever since he left Green Bay. So this gives you an opportunity with Kyle Shanahan, with Brock Purdy, who you have kinship with, and an offense that always produces for a team that is always going to be a playoff contender and Super Bowl contender. It sounds like the perfect situation for Ayuk. I think everything that we're kind of hearing right now, his buddy saying B.A. to Vegas, his girlfriend and the mother to his son saying this could be our last year. It's all leverage. Yeah. Remember yeah, when George Kittle's agent was saying it's a Valentine's Day massacre. They signed him. Debo, I won out. They brought him back. Nick Bosa could leave. He's back as well. I think Ayuk will be back. You know, I mean, I what I you know, I, even yourself, it's like, you know, I heard that you took down all of your chat sports stuff on your social media because you want more money and yeah. you know I, this is just what the stars do right they wash their social media of their employer no i'm just joking of course but give me three names on the way out the door three names the the number one free agent let's because the niners almost do this they let like all the free agents go they sign one great guy give me one great free agent who the niners you think you would pick at 31 and who would be your DC? Okay, yeah, this is this is interesting. Um, for then we'll let saying, you go. Niners aren't going to pay anybody anything. Okay, you told me the same thing when I brought up the Christian McCaffrey trade on the 49ers report. That's crazy. They're not going to do right. it. They did. Right, they did. I it. brought up Javon Hargrave last year. No way. Four-year, $84 million deal. 
We talk about them paying their homegrown players. They pay, they invest, they understand this is a great opportunity to complete that quest for six, get a six Lombardi trophy with a special group of core players who are future pro bowlers, all pros, Hall of Famers that deserve it, right? So I do think that the Niners, especially with the cap increasing, are going to pay. My my number one option at defensive coordinator would be Bill Belichick. I'm going all in. He's on the unemployment line. Chase, his ego, why would he want to be a D.C.? He wants a job. He loves ball, and he's one of the best defensive minds of all time. And it's the best job available. It's the best job available. Best job available. And for a football nut and a football historian, you get to go to an organization that has five Super Bowls that ironically is trying to tie the Patriots and the Steelers for six Lombardi trophies, which would be the most of all time. For an organization that has such a rich history, for a guy whose dad, Steve Belichick, basically wrote the book for how to scout football players decades ago and appreciates the history of the game, Niners give you that. And you think Bill Belichick doesn't want an opportunity to coach a defense that has Fred Warner and Nick Bosa on it with an offensive mind that he trusts and has a relationship with in Kyle Shanahan, whose dad and Mike Shanahan he's always been close with going back to the late 90s, early 2000s. And so this is a great opportunity for Belichick if he wants to kind of right his wrongs and get in the good graces of another owner to be a head coach next year. I don't care about 2025. I care about 2024. And Bill Belichick moves the needle for me. Now, I don't think that the Niners are going to go that route. Spin zone conspiracy theory. Is everything been kept under wraps because maybe Kyle Shanahan's trying to make some things happen on that front? So Belichick, number one option. Vrabel, number two option. I don't hate Brandon Staley. That could happen. If it's Nick Sorensen... I have an issue with that. Is that Kyle Shanahan trying to overcorrect for going external for the first time with Steve Wilkes and it didn't work out? Now, internal hirings have worked with Robert Sala, D'Amico, Ryans, but I think if you hire a guy like Sorensen or any of the internal candidates, Kyle Shanahan is limiting himself and he's not hiring the best candidate. So those are the names that I throw out there for that. Top free agent option for me would be Brian Burns. You have him and Nick Bosa for the future. And then on offensive line, We talk about Trent Brown. I worry about the attitude a little bit and cultural fit. But if you played under Bill Belichick, it could work under Kyle Shanahan. Robert Hunt is an option there at right guard. Some draft targets that I'm going to throw out there. Graham Barton, interior offensive lineman at a Duke. He played left tackle at Duke, but his arms are short. Niners like offensive linemen who have longer arms. This guy's tape is so consistent. Jordan Morgan is an offensive tackle out of Arizona. Amarius Mims only played like eight games at Georgia, but is like 6'7", 330 with quick feet. He could be a perennial pro bowler. Tyler Guyton had a lot of experience at Oklahoma. He's strictly a right tackle. And then the last name who I think would be great, but I think he's more of an interior offensive lineman and a guard, and it's a guy who I talked to at the college football playoff back in January. It's Troy Fatanu out of Washington. He's a nasty player who I think could play right away and be really, really good. And I asked him, have you kept tabs on the Niners offense and Kyle Shanahan? He said, yeah, I have. It's one of the best offenses in the NFL. I love the opportunity to play for a team like that. So those are some guys who might be around at 31 that I would try to pinpoint. Maybe with a guy like Fatana, you have to move up a little bit in order to take him. 
All right, this is what I'm going with. I'm going with Bill Belichick as the defensive coordinator for all the reasons that you stated, and I think that there's no cap. So there's no cap on what you pay him. So you can pay him two years, $25 million, and say, Bill, twelve five uh, a year for the next two years. Uh, that's I know that's only half of what he made as a head coach, but for two years, and then if you want to let him out, you know, if he wants to walk after one, walk after one. But Belichick absolutely is my first choice defensive coordinator-wise. I think my second choice might be um, Gus Bradley, okay. if I could get Gus Bradley because he knows this system. So those would be my two DCs. Uh, if I could go Brad Belichick one, Bradley two. My <clears throat> free agents are Brian Burns. Um, I love Brian Burns. I love I love everything about Burns. I think he's and I and I don't love um, the other guys at that that spot in the draft. Um, to me, let Chase Young go, let Gregory go, upgrade with Brian Burns, and then um, my first round draft choice at thirty one. I love Amarius Mims's frame. I mean, if you watch this guy, he's exactly what you want frame wise. Yeah. But I think he'd probably go a little higher just because he he is so intriguing. I'm gonna say I would choose between Tyler Guyton the road grading run blocker for uh, Oklahoma played right tackle. Trent Williams says he's a big fan of Guyton's game. And then Darius Robinson, who was the practice player of the week award winner at the senior bowl. He's a, he's an edge, but he's a D he might be able to play in, inside. He's six, five, two ninety five. He had eight and a half sacks. To me, there's a lot of Alden Smith in Darius Robinson, but um, not as troubled, let's say off the field. So, Darius Robinson, Tyler Guyton, Gus Bradley, Bill Belichick, Brian Burns. Let's go. That's a perfect offseason right there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, brother. Hey, what do you got cooking the rest of your day? Yeah, going to probably uh, put out some more content, obviously, throughout the next couple of days, but actually going to Indianapolis for the scouting combine next week. Nice. So, some great coverage on the 49ers report. Uh, John Lynch, I think, is going to talk on Tuesday. Kyle Shanahan's not going to go again. He hasn't gone the last couple of years. So John Lynch on Tuesday, and then we're just going to talk with a bunch of NFL draft prospects, a lot of offensive linemen, obviously, who the Niners could take, and then going to chop it up with some pro football-focused guys and talk draft free agency with them. And then if we can get any types of NFL insiders to come on the show, maybe get some insight on Brandon, IU, maybe some other contractual situations for San Francisco, all that coming up over the next few days and over the next week here on the show. Terrific. Now, what days are those next week? Is that are you there? Are, are you available next Friday, or are you going to be uh, um, out of out of the loop? Let me get back to you on that because I'm no going to be there from late Monday night to Saturday, um, and I have to look at the availability for what's shaken on Friday. So TBD, no but I'll be there with coverage from the combine from basically Tuesday to Saturday. Awesome, man. We love uh, streaming with you on Fridays. It was great to meet you in Vegas. Sorry we couldn't go out and and uh, and share a few pops, but maybe next year in New Orleans. Yes, yes. It was great to meet you as well, you and Kevin, and we'll definitely get some drinks at some point soon. Always love coming on on these Friday hits. Thanks, Chase. Have a good one. Right. There you go, Chase Sr. Um, we'll hit a couple chats here before that we missed, and then we will get on with our day. All right. David E says, does the NFL increase the cap, uh, increase in the cap, solve the IUC issue? Well, you know what it does is it gives the 49ers options because now they're not so hugged up against the cap. Uh, now they have a little bit more breathing room. 
it's still a more of a, of, of a discussion about how do you want to build out your football team? But I think it does. If you said to me, what's the impact of, of uh, today's news where the cap went up uh, by, you know, a significant amount. Um, and then you've got the Niners rolling over roughly $38 million. I think it absolutely paves the way for Ayuk to get a deal done or for the Niners to get a deal done with Brandon Ayuk. So I think it's more likely that he's a Niner uh, going forward after the news of the day. So good one there from David. Um, thanks to all you guys. We, uh, you know, sorry, we had some technical difficulties there with his mic, but thanks to all you guys for supporting the Krug show. A quick uh, shout out to our sponsors. Uh, we are brought to you by valleyhillroofing.net, 209-481-6851. And, of course, their website's link is listed in the description. Sharp Corner Sports Cards and Collectibles, 205 Cypress Avenue in Pacific Grove, California. Give Anthony Catania a call. He's at 831-521-5264. Of course, we're brought to you by Marin Auto Glass. They're at 415-883-3030, marinautoglass.com on the web fantastic company and of course underdog fantasy uh, check that link in the description use the promo code krug k-r-u-e-g and they will match you up to your first 100 dollars. and of course the title sponsor of the krug show pig and a pickle the best barbecue in all of northern california um go say hi to damon and mary uh they're in uh, they're open from 11 a.m till 8 p.m or until they run out and we appreciate uh, Pig and a Pickle. They've done an incredible job of uh, supporting the Krug Show. And go, you know, if you're in town, if you're from out of town and you come to town, go check out Pig and a Pickle. If you're here in town, go go get some barbecue, man. And and Damon loves to hear uh, that that Krug sent you. Um, and uh, it would be fantastic if you could stop by and get some barbecue from the great Pig and a Pickle. Uh, they do a phenomenal job, and they have, I mean, it's all good. The pulled pork, the house-made sausages, uh, the potato salad, I mean, everything. But the brisket is absolutely magical, and um, it's fantastic. And they, 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 they put the brisket in the smoker for like 14 hours, and it just drinks in all this flavor, uh, and it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So please check out Pig and a Pickle. They are terrific. And a little update on the channel. If anybody wants to buy merch, I've had some people reach out. Hey, I've seen some of the Krug Show shirts. For some of you lady um, uh, Krug Show fans, Kev has designed a whole new line of uh, Krug Show shirts in pink that are very cool. Very cool, and he, I think he got one for his girl and for some of her friends down at Cal Poly. So if you want a Krug Show shirt, they don't just come in black. They come in pink as well now. And if you want to go to it, just um, just go to the Krug Show on YouTube, and when you go to that page, you just, you just, you'll see if you click the top, there is, it says home, videos, shorts, lives, podcasts, playlists, community, membership, and then it's a store. And if you go to store, you'll see all the different options there available of different things that you can purchase from the Krug Show. And they're great gifts. And everybody who orders anything from the Krug Show, I do videos for. And I know there are a couple that I need to hammer out today for people who have bought things in the last in the last week or so. You can go with the big logo in the middle. You can go with it over the 
over the uh you know over the left uh left chest plate right there you can go hoodies sweatshirts um very cool different colors you can go blue white uh and kev has just designed some pink some pink for the ladies so um Go check out the Krug Show merchandise and grab yourself something and support the channel. And then also, I wanted to say just thank you to all you guys because we are sitting here today. If you are one of the people in the chat right now and you've yet to hit like and subscribe, please do. We are at 39,448 total subscribers. It has just been an amazing uh, run this year. Uh, we've we've had over 4 million views close to four and a half million views in the last 28 days alone of, of the, of the videos and the live streams. We've had over 375,000 watch hours in the last four weeks alone. We've picked up almost 5,000 new subs in the last four weeks alone. So the channel is absolutely rolling. Um, so Dusty Goltz is creeping up to 40 K Larry. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting to 40 K. Um, and we're going to have, as, as you guys know, I'm huge on the draft, huge on college football, uh, Nicotina in the chat says, I got my crew show shirt. Are you kidding me? They told me no Nicotina is up in Yakiah. Uh, they told me that it was going to take like 10 days. I mailed that two days ago and he already got it. So I'm glad to hear that. Um, and, um, dusty gold says Larry's drooling already. Uh, not, not quite, but almost, um, Dusty Gold says no gold Kruger gold no no gold Kruger gold chain available. No, but we we might you know we might uh, uh, Dusty Gold Kruger boxing gloves. Uh, Jim Mole in the house says love you brother love you too Jimmy good to see you bro. Uh, Nicotina says well deserved Larry top quality content. Yeah, and Dusty Gold says hit the likes likes matter absolutely everybody do me a favor and hit like and subscribe. Uh, and it just, if you hit like, it just helps more people find the uh, shows and the algorithm. If you hit subscribe, um, you know, you'll just get an alert. Of course it's free. You'll get an alert every time we go live, um, that we're going live and you cannot, you know, you don't have to miss a minute of the, uh, of the action. So, um, <laughs> Jimmy says almost 40 K dude. I owe you some mean scratch, uh, Jimmy. Keep your money, bro. We're, we're, we're boys. We go back. Uh, next time you see me, we'll, we'll drink beers together. Uh, Alex says, been here since 9,000 subs. Bang, bang. Dude, very cool. Very cool. I've had people come up to me and say, dude, I was your 500th sub. Or I was your 748th sub. And now you're almost at 40,000. So I, I just can't even thank... Uh, all the people that joined me who came from KMBR or 95.7 The Game, uh, who followed me on the radio and are now following me on YouTube. Um, you know, I, all I can say is thank you. And this has just been an incredible journey. Um, I love working with my son. Um, you know, he, he does an incredible job and he's just uh, he's a special young guy. And, and I, he's he's really helped me grow my channel. I love him to death. Of all my kids, um, of course, equally, but Kev has, has, you know, really done so much to help grow the channel um, that I can't thank him enough, man. I, you know, it almost brings me to tears when I think about how hard he has worked on my behalf. And, um, 
it's just, you know, he's a great kid. So I, I just, I really appreciate uh, him. We had a great time in Las Vegas. I'm trying to debate right now if I spend the money and do a week at spring training. Should I go to spring training? Because, and the only reason I'm debating it is that the Giants interviews in the clubhouse just don't do that great. I mean, they do okay. And well, I enjoyed it. Last year, we talked to J.D. Davis and the Rogers twins and Elliot Ramos and uh, Keaton Wynn and um, a number of different guys. <clears throat> and I'd love to go down there just because I love Arizona in March. And, you know, we definitely, you know, can can afford to do it. Um, you know, we and if, if anybody wants to sponsor our trip to uh, spring training, we're open to that as well. You can DM me and let me know that you're interested in sponsoring our trip to spring training. But how interested would you guys be in the Krug show doing a week in the Cactus League in Arizona? Or would you rather we focus all of our attention on the combine, free agency, and the upcoming NFL draft, which is about two months away? So um, I'd love to hear, love to hear from you guys, whether it be in the chat today or, um, you know, or even in the comments on any of the videos. Should we go to spring training or blow it off and do more football? Um, it would be fun to get in. You know, last year we rented a car and drove. And you know what? I loved it. It was awesome. I brought my youngest son, Christopher, and Kev. We all went down there and we had a good old time. So anyway, Nicotinus's draft. Sexy, uh, uh, sexy boys is football. Sucka says football year-round. Ernest says NFL. <laughs> Mole says definitely want some cactus league coverage. Maybe join you and Kev and NorCal sports. Yeah, seriously, seriously. We will. If we decide to do that. All right, guys have a great rest of your day. I got to go pick up my kid from his class. Um, and, um, and then I'll be back doing some videos later this afternoon. Coach and I went off on each other last night, but we will rekindle the relationship tomorrow at 9am. It wasn't serious. Coach and I, I uh, hugged it out after the end of the show, but we will rejoin tomorrow for another stream tomorrow after uh, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Talking more football. I'm getting the sense, guys, that today, later today, um, the 49ers are going to announce their defensive coordinator. Uh, I, I've gotten that word from a couple different people. If that happens, I'm, I may go live. I'll definitely do a video on it. So look for the Krug Show breakdown on the Niners new D.C., how amazing. By the way, if it is Bill Belichick, there I'm going to I told Kev, Kev, I'm going to dunk on everybody if it's Bill Belichick cuz I have so many people who tried to just crap on me and say what a joke that was to say it could have been Belichick and I think there's a very good chance it could still be be Bill Belichick. Why? Because Belichick this is the best job that's out there for Bill Belichick. So I, I really think there's a very good chance. It would be a great hire. I would love it. Absolutely love it. But um, if the Niners do wind up getting Belichick and you crapped on me, get ready for me to dunk on you because uh, I will be dunking. And I said to Kev, I said, Kev, I need your help to help dunk on some of these people. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I will be dunking on all the people who crapped on Belichick if it's Belichick. If it's not Belichick, I'll forget I ever said it and move on to the next thing. All right, uh, that's kind of true, but um, but I'm also thinking Gus Bradley would be a great choice. Anyway, have a great day, everybody. Um, 
Thanks for supporting the Krug Show. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to all the Super Chats. And let's make sure we get all of them. I don't want to make sure I lose anybody. Um, we got this one. David E. says, does the NFL increase in the cap solve the IUK issue? We kind of hit that. And uh, it sort of does. So we'll see how that goes. But um, really looking forward to putting out more content. Have a great day to everybody. Peace. Yeah, never met a man I've been scared of. Careful, you won't get exactly what you asked for. 